0: at Founders FAQ, answers to all the possible questions of a founder. So pivots are important. You know, so I'd say
1: probably the majority of the biggest companies built have pivoted to some degree along their journey. So it's a really important skill set for the founding team to have, and investors can help a lot. What what we do is we're constantly looking at how much runway, um, like the cash out for each company, how much time they have before they run out and looking
0: at where they're at with traction and what goes to their milestone, like how close it is the milestone to raise the next round. Welcome to Founders FAQ. Today, my guest is Tim Young. Tim is a founding general partner at INIAC Ventures. With two exits, as an entrepreneur and over 20 years of experience, advising and investing in 100-plus early-stage startups. Prior to finding ENIAC in 2009, Tim founded Bridge, an enterprise software company focusing on the corporate training, which led to an eight-figure exit. Prior to Bridge, Tim led the product at quoteship a B2B marketplace for logistics, which exited to logistics.com. Hi team, welcome to Founders of EQ. I asked this first question to many VCs who joined the Founders of EQ. How do you assess the founder's skills and how do you evaluate her when you first meet with her? That's a great
1: question. I actually wrote an article in Forbes about this exact topic. And it's, the article is titled How to Pitch, like how to how to, um, how to best present your founding to early stage investors. And so there are, in my mind, a handful of factors. One, one is it's acting at art more than science, especially early on And I think one of the things that we're looking for, one is, is this the life's work of the founder? Does the founder put on earth to do this? And it's not necessary, but it's very helpful if founder resonates passion, which with the problem we're trying to solve with our company, creates all kinds of benefits. So it's an issue of a company. achieve an outside asset, so it's really uh, beneficial in a lot of ways. Another one is storytelling, like how well can they tell a story, it's really important to be able to have a good narrative on what mission you're trying to solve and uh, again fundraising, recruiting, that kind of comes through in the pitch. I like founders who have had a struggle, who have been through some hardship in their life, whether that's immigrating to a new country or pulling themselves out of poverty. I think that people with that background generally work a little bit harder, a little bit tenacious, creative. It's, again, it, none of this is necessary, but it's, it's something I look for. It's very important to I'm ask myself every with every founder I meet, would I work for this person? And that's very telling. If they couldn't recruit me to join that company, then they're, they're not going to recruit top talent. And so that's really important. Another one is integrity. Integrity is, you know, just fundamentally, and to be able to trust and work with the people that done that. As in, self awareness is another thing. As a CEO, you have to evolve, and the founders do evolve and change so many times. Like when you first start, you have three employees, and then if you do well, you're gonna have a thousand um, or ten thousand, and those are very different skill sets. And so, self awareness is the fundamental.
0: At this point, founder should really understand the problem and its roots. Right.
1: Yeah. So that kind of speaks to the first point that I made. Is this very important? At a minimum, the founder needs to really understand the problem deeply to be able to solve it. And that a network of people that are part of that journey. And then, like I said, if it's this person's life work, life work.
0: And how is it important uh, while well, picking the right co-founder uh, for starting a startup? Yes, very important. Best case scenario is the team has been together for a long time and has started one or two companies together. I would love it if they started one that failed and
1: one that succeeded. So they've been through hardship, they've seen success, they've been through all that together, and they want to do it again. That's the best case scenario. The worst case scenario is people they just met. They met at some other meetup or something. They've known each other three months. They're trying to start a company together. It's a huge risk factor. You just don't know who you're dealing with. Whether you're working with, how they deal with stress, how the team demand, dynamics is going to be, and that can be pretty tough. So,
0: yeah, super important. Like, teams have have known each other for a while are, are definitely a liability. And for this ideal team, what do you think about for solo founders and group of founders?
1: is that when you're a solo founder there's no one else in the world that's similarly situated with you like all the employees are different your investors are different so you don't have anyone to really bounce ideas off of in a completely open and transparent manner and that's what a good founding team has like they have that synergy where they can bounce ideas so some people do it some people crush some people do it really well I mean a lot of the biggest companies in the world we're solo founders, but I think that team dynamic helps. It becomes a liability down the road because like usually not everyone is going to stay at the company for long. So it gets a little, becomes a little bit difficult when you have to transition founding members. But I think initially a team
0: of founders is, is that the chance of success is much higher than a solo founder. I think mean, it's more fine too. And you like the team, but you don't like the market. What do you do at that time? You still invest? So you're a team first or market first investor? Team
1: first for sure, but I think if they're building something in a small market and they can't have a big outcome, it's very hard for me to do the deal. So I would have to I have to have faith that they're going to pivot soon,
0: or they have to show them an ability to going after a bigger market for me to get there. And what do you look for while investing to pre-revenue and post-revenue companies? It's
1: the same things. So you're looking at the team, the market, the product, the competition, the defensibility, the, the economics of the deal, product market fit, product readiness. You're looking at the same things. Revenue is just uh, revenue is an indicator of uh, some degree of product market fit. If people are willing to pay for something uh, and then renew and expand, then. Um, the more of that, the more de risk product market is, and that they're solving a problem that needs to be solved, and that their solution does it effectively. So it's just, I mean, it de-risks
0: the deal, but you look at the same thing. I get it. I get it. And what do you say for pivots when the founder decides to pivot the company? How do you help to the founder in this process? Could you tell us a bit about that? So
1: pivots are important. You know, so I would say... Probably the majority of the biggest companies built have pivoted to some degree along their journey. So it's a really important skill set for the founding team to have. And investors can help a lot. What, what we do is we're constantly looking at how much runway um, like the cash outtake for each company, how much time they have before they run out of money. And then looking at where they're at with like traction and what, do they have milestone? Like, how close are they to milestones to raise the next round? And then if it's not looking good, if it looks like they run out of money before they hit the milestone, then we got to start talking about pivot, um or changing things around. So we'll often precipitate that discussion. Um, and the question is, how long do you try for something? But you don't want to give up too quickly um, on a product or a business, but you don't want to be spinning your wheels for too long, wasting money and time. So it's, it's really an art.
0: I get it. I get it. And what's the biggest role of a VC, just other than just putting money into the round? What are the other roles of a VC in the process? I think
1: whatever the team needs, like if they're a strong go-to-market team, then they that covered. If not, they need to help them with customer discovery, coach them through enterprise sales, source talented people for them, source customers, roll up your sleeves and, do, and talk about products, talk about business, and make, sure they're, make sure they're going after a big enough market. And then the big thing is helping them with fundraising, helping them structure the narrative and keeping an eye on cash out, helping them just see around the corners that they don't see around in terms of anticipating what they need to accomplish to keep moving right direction. So I think it's
0: any, any number of things. And I think operators, particularly pre-A, former operators, are operators are, are suited really well to help out with that it's really Great Tim These are all my questions Thank you for coming to Founders Thank you. Thanks
1: for your time And good luck with your
0: book By the way, Founders FAQ is in pre-order, and it covers the answers to all the possible questions of a founder in a startup journey, whether revealing life-saving principles for the startup survival path, building A-plus themes, creating an evolving machine, setting up a need culture, or interpreting the true path for the fundraising. You can pre-order it from FoundersFAQ.com, and you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook.